T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Final hour to get right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Rigo Mendoza holding it down for you here on a rare, victorious Mavericks night. You didn't have to say rare. That was petty. <laughs> that was real messy of you. Well, I don't have to play we, oh, the oh no, we don't suck again drop? No. no. KG, KG, you've been pretty messy of late. Well, the Mavericks laid the groundwork for that today. so You've been real messy. I'm just uh, following the brand, apparently. Following the brand. Uh, at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula, at Rigo Mendoza, ETC on the Twitter machine. Make sure you give him all the follows. Reward him for his hard work on this Appreciate Wednesday it, night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Mavericks. Find a way to get a win against the Kings, not against themselves, against the Kings at the American Airlines Center. Kyrie Irving and Christian Wood was all you needed in the fourth quarter for the Mavericks. That's because those two gentlemen combined for all 31 points in the fourth quarter for your Dallas Mavericks. That's right. Kyrie Irving and Christian Wood. Kyrie Irving with 19, Christian Wood with 12. Luka Doncic in the fourth quarter took a grand total of two shots and didn't score a single point. But that's fine, right? Like, I think that's some of the things that people were, you know, concerned about was Luka and Kyrie playing together and the understanding that they had played so few games together thus far. And these are the things you wanted to start to get a feel for. Is like, you know, oh, well, who's going to take shots late? Whoever's going. And in this instance, this one felt very apparent that Kyrie was going. And then Kyrie took these shots and ended up getting you in that place, right? These are the things that you can speak uh, well about to the Mavericks is that, yo, that there did need to be some time to develop some of these things. Um, like that that relationship between Kyrie and and a relationship is not the quite the word that I want, but like uh, the dynamic between them two when it came to these type of situations. And this is a this is a positive notch in that direction of hopefully, as Mark Cuban has said, they really want to keep them. Hopefully, uh, that that pairing staying together and continuing to develop that level of the diamond dynamic. Kyrie Irving averaging nearly ten points in fourth quarters this year, shooting over fifty three percent, over forty percent from three. Hasn't missed a single free throw in the fourth quarter while being a member of the Dallas Mavericks. Was spectacular tonight as the Mavericks get the win at home. 123-119. Obviously a team that gets dominated on the boards every single night. Same thing happened again as it got out-rebounded by 18. Out-rebounded on the offensive glass 22-7. Second chance points. Got their tail whooped 30-14. 
You got 58 points in the paint from Sacramento. All the ways that Sacramento could have dominated this game, they did it, except they didn't have Kyrie Irving on their team tonight as he was the difference in the game. Demonis Sabonis, <laughs> hell of a line for him. He had 19 points on 8 of 11 from the field. was a negative 14. Gross. <laughs> for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Rigo, that kicks off some of our headlines here on this Wednesday night. So as the current Western Conference standings look right now, up the Mavs to date, still in 11. Uh, that is correct. However, they're tied record-wise with the Oklahoma City Thunder, which means since Oklahoma City has the tie break, they currently are above them. However, the the Mavericks are now in position to where if things shake out right, they can jump Oklahoma City and end up in the play-in. Well, here's how it has to go. The Mavericks have to finish. One of two things have to happen. Either go 3-0 and and the Thunder go 1-2. and Mm-hmm. Or the Mavericks go two and one, and the Thunder go zero oh and three. That means the magic number is two. All right, so you got the Chicago two. Bulls, who just got beat by the Bucks, put up a pretty good effort, and then you got the San Antonio Spurs, both of those at home. That's Friday and Sunday, respectively. And okay, San Antonio is a winnable game. They've made it. You've made it tough on yourself at times against them, but winnable game. Bulls a winnable game. However, they're, they're going to they're going to test you. They, I don't think that they're just going to uh, sit back, right? Okay, cool. Um, and we're talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. What is the rest of their? What are the next two games for them look like? All right, they will be taking on the Utah Jazz. That's right. Who actually almost beat the Lakers last night? Um, and then they'll take on the Memphis Grizzlies. The problem is the Grizzlies might just not play. I think the Memphis Grizzlies have decided. It's about a wrap for them because they cannot get any higher than the two seed. So they may opt to go ahead and rest their guys for the remainder of the season because there's no benefit for them to play the final couple of games of the season, which means if you're Oklahoma City, you may get a chance to play against Memphis's G League team uh, by the time you get to them. So you, you probably need to win these next two games. You have to. Because all the Thunder need to do is win one game in order for the Mavericks. They have to go undefeated, and the Thunder have to go one and two. But if the Thunder win, um, you know, one win of both these of those games. games. If the Thunder win both these games, you can't it's get a wrap. Them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, it officially now will come down between the Mavericks and the Thunder. That's because the Pelicans won, as you mentioned. Uh, the Mavericks. There was a scenario that if they had went 3-0 and in their final three games and the Pelicans had lost all four of their games of the rest of the regular season, that the Mavericks could leapfrog them to get into the play-in. Uh, that has not That is not the case. So it officially will be down between the Thunder and the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, wait. What is the tie-break situation with the, with the Timberwolves? I've done. Uh, Mavericks did not hold the tiebreaker there. Okay. Thank you. Uh, the Wolves had to go 0-3. The Mavericks had to go 3-0 and in order for that to happen because they had to finish a game clear of them. So that did not happen. So it's Thunder Mavericks. One of those two teams will be in the play-in and will get the 10 spot. Yay. <laughs> you sound so excited. Yay. Well, just take a look on Mavs Twitter right now. They're not necessarily – uh, some of them are thrilled. Most of them are not because the more games you win, the more likely you're going to be conveying – your pick 
to the New York Knicks, which does unlock your 2025 uh, first round pick, which means you would have multiple first round picks to uh, to trade this starting this summer. Well, I mean, so, regardless yay. of the way that it goes, right? Like you don't have a lot of assets. And I don't know about you, but the way the Mark Cuban talked today did not instill more confidence that those assets will be used appropriately to be able to get this team back to where they need to be. Right? Yeah. We heard like you were you were reading a quote in the break that felt that felt along the lines of something that we've talked about over the course of the season periodically for this team, which is seemingly a lack of accountability. Is that fair? Because it sounded like, and to, you you can get the actual words, it sounded like to me, one of the quotes that Mark Cuban had in his availability before the game was that it's not Jason Kidd's fault. The game just changed on him. Like the game, the state of the league. I think he mentioned the take fouls as if the take fouls changed the game so drastically that this team was no longer capable of competing. Yeah, this comes from Tim Cato, who will be our guest tomorrow at 820 here on the Get Right. So you don't want to miss that. Tim Cato, the athletic, and then me joining us here, talking all things Mavericks as they try to win their final couple of games. Yeah, Mark Cuban saying before the game, quote, I don't think it's kids' problem that we didn't have an identity. The game changed in ways we didn't expect it to change. So I blew it. It was on me, personally. Because the game changed in terms of the take foul and the speed of the game. End quote. So I'm guessing he's, he, that is in, like that is talking about transitions, which they were not good at. Okay, fine. Uh, did the game also change to make it so that getting to the paint was not was like was going to be easier or something? Is that what he's trying to? Because there the issues, and this is something that I've continued tried to point tried to point to. The issues with this team are multifold, right? Like, there's not just the, well, there's your issue there. Like, there's not just a one glaring hole. There's a lot of little ones, or maybe not even little ones, but there's a lot of them. And so that's why that type of response doesn't really hit me, right? Like, you can't just be like, yeah, it's not really his fault. There's this one thing that happened. But no, there's more than one thing. There's a lot of different issues that you had. When we talk about the bigs that you didn't really have, that hasn't really worked all the way across, when you talk about the, um, Lack of ball handlers that happened for the longest portion of the season. That was something that you came into the season with, right? Like, there's a lot of things that this team has had as an issue that are not the take fouls. You know what I mean? Or the the, the pace of the game was different. Well, yeah, that, that does not change the fact that you are not good at rebounding because you did not affect that properly. Interesting night on a lot of fronts because for some, okay, the plane is still an aspiration. But for others... <laughs> I think for a lot of people, and Chris Arnold is one of these people. We've had this conversation previously. Uh, he's ready to get the whole Chris House Porzingis thing over with. Like he's he's over it. He's sick of it. And I think for a lot of people who have seen this trade and how it went awry for this team, they're ready for it to be over too. Like just let's just move on, make the play in, get rid of the picks, so we can finally finally be done with the Chris House Porzingis trade. I don't even have that emotional reaction to it. I have a similar feeling in some ways. But that's more because you unlock the ability to use more of your assets now when you need them. Correct. That's my thing. Right now you can trade a couple of first round picks and use those to then recoup some value within your team. And if you do not convey that, you then have to convey 2025 and that locks up more of your assets. And what you're talking about is a team trying to do win now. Now, of course, you could say, well, that 
10, 9, 8, 7 overall pick or whatever that you end up getting this season instead of conveying, you can trade that pick later. Except now that becomes, it stops being the nebulous draft pick and now it's like, who wants this player? Right? And where do I have to move this player to? Or how does this rookie help me be good right in this moment? And I think that's that's a little tough to swing. But anyways, again, Jeez. it's it's not it's not, you're not gonna fix the Mavs in ten minutes. Let me tell you. Jason Kidd saying after the game with reference to Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, quote, "They are meant to be together. It just takes time." End quote. I mean, the offense is not. <laughs> look, the offense is not the problem here. This is an incredibly efficient offense with these two on this same team they're learning the give and take we Mm -hmm. saw that I think that's the biggest piece of evidence that you want to look at as far as the marriage of Luka and Kyrie that Luka figured out tonight oh oh Kyrie got it and that's what we were kind of this is just one game that we're talking about tonight but this is what we were talking about when you added Kyrie there will be times when Luka can say oh oh Kai you got it tonight go ahead and you take you take this back four months. Yeah, you take this back a year. Luca would have had to try and push through that, just because you're the guy. You got it, and he didn't have to tonight. And that to me is the most fun part. Fun part about that fourth quarter was you got to watch Luca relax. He was off the ball. Kyrie was doing some incredible shot making, incredibly difficult shot making uh, in that fourth quarter, and he took it home for the Mavericks so whether or not you feel like the Mavericks are doing that tanking thing wrong Bobby Belt uh or I mean if they are tanking they are doing it wrong they are doing it wrong I mean that's objective if that is the uh, goal um or you feel like this team has a chance to still make the play in and and should do everything that they can um to do it then okay you got what you wanted if you're on that team or you didn't get what you want if you're on team uh, get a lottery pick in the top 10. Can we talk about this from the on the truckwreck.com text line from the uh-huh. 469? Reggie KG, your thoughts on 20 of the 30 teams making a playoff uh, type of game in a professional league. At what point does it become just a participation trophy? Um, I'm not really in it for like, yo, this is so difficult. I'm in it for the entertainment value. And one thing about the idea of 20, <laughs> so is the league. 20 <laughs> teams getting in is like, I get it. Oh, man, everybody gets in. Oddly enough, that has not made it so that what the the way that we think in sometimes is like, oh, well, teams aren't going to try. Teams are somehow trying harder, right? Like the ways that it's kind of tiered, there's still incentives. It, all it's done is added more incentives or added incentives for more teams, which means you're less likely to get a game two-thirds of the way in where one of the teams is like, I have nothing to play for. And so I value that more than the idea of, well, oh, wow, it's so difficult to get into. No, I, I more enjoy the idea that teams are playing and that they're still entertaining basketball. Yeah, the NBA in particular instituted the play-in to discourage tanking in a lot of ways. Because if you're going to be bad, you're going to be bad. And teams that don't have the resources to put out good basketball teams will be found out. But teams that have some level of talent – have something now to look forward to and to play for. Plus, as Reg mentioned, the entertainment value of what the playing tournament has brought to the NBA has been fairly high and been very, been very successful so far as far as the playing. Because I was not originally a fan of it to begin with, um, but as and it- I understand the logic of like, yo, too many teams are getting to the playoffs. Except 
the idea of too many teams getting to the playoffs, the assumption is, well, that's going to make it so that less teams try, and that's actually not been what we've seen. Yeah, and if you think about it from a baseball perspective, for example, the play-in, in a lot of ways, can kind of serve as a a poor man's version of the wild card. Yeah. Because with wild card teams, especially with the wild card playoff game that you have now in Major League Baseball, it's another incentive for teams to continue to try and play throughout the course of a season because you never know what could happen in the wild card game. Play-in tournament, same way. You never know what could happen in the play-in tournament if you're one of those teams 7 through 10 that could find themselves winning a couple of games. And next thing you know, you're in the actual tournament itself. So, yes, a lot of it's driven by money. It's driven by entertainment value, but it also is to discourage teams from mailing it in um, that would make it a much less of a product to want to watch on a night in, night out basis. So I applaud um, them doing that. I do. We'll have to have this conversation at some point soon. Oh. Um, with the new CBA, the in-season tournament, I... Oof. I don't know how... Because there'll be two teams that play 83 games versus the rest of the league that plays 82 82 games. I Honestly, my thought on it is I don't think that people are going... I don't think it's going to make a difference now. I think this is a long play from the league, the in-season tournament. Because if you're not familiar, the in-season tournament, at least is currently uh, situated, is going to have, uh, just like you might consider the World Cup, right, or the World Baseball Classic, there's going to be group pools of teams and a sort a certain amount of your normally scheduled games within the season are going to double as group play games and then just like in the world cup you know a certain amount of teams will advance from the groups into a little knockout style tournament and then that that will be the tournament and that team will end up being the winner of the play-in tournament right and that will be another level of accolade on teams and the tough thing about it is having value in an outside tournament is going to be something that's just going to have to be developed. It's not going to be something that people are going to care about. Why is it this tournament? Why would I care about it? Prestige is going to have to be built over time. So you hope that over a generation or two of players and fans that people eventually are like, this thing has value to me because it's this thing that we can win. And it adds, it's another thing that's winnable besides just the championship. So I don't know. I, I th- Again, I think it's the long play. I don't think that it's going to matter in the immediate term, but it's just something that you got to start somewhere, right? To try and add other incentives to keep playing and other incentives or other ways of accomplishing rather than the sole accomplishment every, every year. Uh, random note here from the NFL real quick. I missed this around the NFL. I, did you see this? See what? Tyreek Hill says he plans to retire after the 2025 season. Excuse me? You want to know what's funny? I'm scrolling through social media trying to see if I can find something on Jason Kidd or whatever the case may be. Literally just popped up on that as you're talking about it. I did not see this until just now. So Tyreek Hill has started the countdown for his return to Arrowhead Stadium uh, and the conclusion of his NFL playing days, apparently. Uh, The all-pro wide receiver couldn't help but hype up what's sure to be a much-anticipated return when um, when the Dolphins play host to the Chiefs in 2023. But he'll also reveal he intends to hang up his cleats after the 2025 season during a recent appearance on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And which, that's Kansas City. Which is a Kansas City outlet. Yeah. Um, said, quote, Chiefs Kingdom, we're in the Miami Dolphins come to Arrowhead uh, Stadium this year. Guess what we're going to do? Hill told his former teammates, Anthony Sherman and uh, Gary Dieter on uh, via Fan Nation. Um, 
guess what we're going to do is, I hate to say it, I hate to throw out that peace sign against y'all, I hate to do it, but guess what? I'm going to be y'all worst enemy that day. I'm going to be y'all worst enemy that day. That's speaking about the Chiefs, though. But when yeah. it comes to he said, I'm going for 10, man. I'm going to finish out this contract with the Dolphins, and I'm going to call it quits. I want to go into the business side. I want to do so many things in my life, bro. So I really want to get into, like, the gaming space. I really want to get huge in that, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm using my platform, creating a gaming team, which isn't launched yet. It should launch by the end of this month. I'm going to just sign, like, different content creators, different athletes. I've just been working working that talking to different sponsors this is really interesting and i guess we probably need to get to the other side of this break uh, i you know what because he'll only be 31 at the end of the 2025 season. i wonder if more football players are going to view this kind of like what i think musicians are doing now because if you're not familiar right and this is another fascination mine, music business is kind of nasty when we talk about uh musicians making money that putting out records doesn't make them a lot of money. They end up making a lot of their money touring, doing those, which is why a lot of musicians were down bad during the pandemic because, like, you can't tour and make the money that you make. A lot of the money of making uh, albums and such actually really goes to your labels and corporations in that way. And so what you've seen is that a lot of musicians, they get their, they get popularity and then they branch out into acting or they branch out into, like, take Rihanna, business, right? They branch out into something else. And then where you can make more money with that notoriety that you gain from, you know, your musicianship. Obviously, some people will still continue making music because that's something that they care deeply about. But in order to make that money, you know, make that that notoriety stretch, you go do something else. I wonder if we're going to see this more because football, as we know, not really the best trade with your body, you know, necessarily. We've seen what football does to folks. I wonder if we start seeing more of this dudes going I hit for my lick to get notoriety, but when the like within now that I'm known and I have a level of platform, I'm gonna flip that into something else where I can make better money and not trade on my body, especially when you consider, and of course, people are not gonna view this exactly the same. You look at Lamar Jackson thing where you come into a, a class of you know, a class of player where you're like, I should be able to make a good amount of money in the league's like, no, we don't wanna give you that. All right, well, I'll take this notoriety and turn it into something that's valuable. Without having to do this level of negotiation, without having to do this level of trade, um, that's really interesting from Tyreek Hill, man. And I think a level of insight. It is a little bit of a gamble, though, right? Um, because you get into this business space and there's no real uh, there's no real protection from the loss of this, right? There's a lot of people that go into small businesses and we talk about small businesses, but we don't always talk about the fact that a lot of small businesses don't work out and close and lose money, right? Um, but, wow, I'm very fascinated about that. Yeah, I just saw that note there. I was like, okay, that's uh, it's interesting for Tyree Hill. But look, retiring early, getting into different spaces, something, especially as the money continues to grow for these athletes in the NFL. If you're yeah, but uh, if you're talking about an athlete, they're looking at the money growing for these content creators. Man, yeah. you see these like Mr. Beast or whatever that can just be dumping money off all over place because he's making so much money off of like the content that he's creating mm-hmm. and the advertising, man, like. Like, this is the you know rappers want to be athletes and athletes want to everybody's looking at someone else that's getting a whole bunch of money and this this is an interesting instance of somebody actually at least saying that they're going to put rubber to road coming up next here on the get right with reggie kg on 105 three the fan the show sheet is blank <laughs> we will keep talking that's what we will do but we will talk about something that will be very interesting to your ears maybe next on the get right
Back here on the Get Right, Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. What up? Real Mendel's are holding down for here, and you're turning on and leaving on station. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the chartbread.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. Also live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash DallasFanCam and on YouTube at 105.3 The Fan on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button there. So you can check out all of our videos and content. Appreciate the hard work of our man, Carter Freeman, uh, and all the work that he does. On what was a victorious Wednesday for your Mavericks and your Texas Rangers. That's right. Texas Rangers open up their 2023 campaign with a 4-2 homestand. They get the win today, 5-2. Regal, that's because your man, Josh Young, cut number 12, was out here handling his business today. Mm-hmm. On the fan. <laughs> Josh Young, a five-game hitting streak. With an RBI single in the first, he swings first pitch here. Skies one to right. Back Santander at the wall. He leaps out of here. Opposite field blast for Josh Young. And the Rangers are back out in front. They lead 4-2. to two. That two-run home run gave the Texas Rangers the 4-2 to two lead. They would not look back from there. A double uh, to left field, scoring Ezekiel Duran from Nathaniel Lowe in the bottom of the seventh, extended the lead to five to two. Rangers get the win. Jacob DeGrom, six innings, 11 strikeouts for the Texas Rangers. Four and two on the year is Bruce Bochy's ball club. Shout out to them as they are off tomorrow as they get ready to head to Chicago in the friendly confines of Chicago to take on the Cubs as they begin a weekend series in Chi Town. This is gonna be a weird statement, and I understand it's a weird statement. Clip it if you want. I don't give a I don't give a damn. Um will you allow me to pull something on my keister right quick? <laughs> I told you. Sure. If you do you want to figure out what was the best draft class of a decade? For which sport? Football. As we're coming up on the NFL draft. Would you want to do 2010s or the or the aughts? All right, I'll bite. Because um, the, the tough thing about it is if we would do the 2010s, we get a little incomplete, right? Because we get to like the 2019 where your number one overall pick was Kyler Murray. Like we have a little bit more clarity on I mean, like. We're almost five years in. Okay, you want to do it then? Yeah, let's go for the 2010s. All right. So how about let's look at the 2010 draft. You had your number one overall, Sam Bradford. You got the likes of Dominick Sue, Gerald McCoy, Trent Williams. Let's see who else. Des Bryant was the 2010. Let's see Gronk in the second round. You got that Golden State. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders comes through. Navarro Bowman, Jimmy Graham. Navarro Bowman, so damn good. So that's that's what we're talking about in 2010. Antonio Brown was 2010 as well. All right. Feels like a pretty solid draft class, right? By the way, speaking of that, a uh, real quick local note on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Jalen Hyatt. One of the uh, 30 visits. Yes. For the Dallas Cowboys. Wide receiver. I'm sure that'll make a lot of people happy. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Jalen Hyatt? Because I guess the nature of the Tennessee offense. Fast. Really. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Great. You know what? Great response. Fantastic response by your part. Um, I 
I it, it kind of the nature of the Tennessee offense kind of scares me because they used him in such a limited way. And then the question always becomes, is that because he's limited in his ability to be used or is that just the way that they utilized him, right? Because we can talk about, and this is a quarterback, so it's entirely different, but you talk about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has some abilities to do stuff. Or we can talk about uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields was not used for, they didn't use his legs very much, Ohio State. You get him to the league and you're like, oh, wait, wait, look, hey, he runs. Right, like you, you can do that and he's actually prolific. You know, so I do wonder for him if that's the case. Uh, 2011, I don't even think we have to go very far. Stop me when you feel like this is a really good draft class, okay? Number right. one overall pick, Cam Newton. Uh, number two overall pick, Von Miller. Number four overall pick, A.J. Green. Number five overall pick, Patrick Peterson. Number six, Julio Jones. You've not stopped yet. Uh, number seven, Alden Smith. <laughs> number nine, Tyron Smith. Number 11, J.J. Watt. Robert Quinn in 14. Mike Pouncey, 15. Uh, 24 is Cameron Jordan. You want me to still you keep going? Wow. 2011 has some bangers, man. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. My pouncey was really good, too. Even Alden Smith, his his rookie year was so incredible. For Sherm was in that draft. And he was a fourth rounder. Jason Kelsey was in a sixth rounder. Or, no, Sherm no. Was a, Sherm was a fourth rounder. You're right. Okay. Oh, Jason Kelsey? Sixth rounder in 2011. Jason Kelsey was a sixth round pick? He's on his way to Canton. He's been that's right, incredible center for Philadelphia. Ooh, 2012 was fun because number one overall was Andrew Luck, <laughs> who really could have been incredible. Did you imagine Andrew Luck was still playing for the Colts? No. <laughs> like that, the whole team trajectory looks pretty different. Yeah, it does. Um, 2012. 2012 was weird because RG3 was second, Trent Richardson was third, Matt Khalil. There's a lot of dudes that didn't quite cut it. You remember who the Cowboys drafted at six overall in 2012? Oh, don't tell me. At six overall. Played cornerback. Yeah, Mar- Morris Claiborne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. at the time, I was not mad at because the Cowboys, I believe, traded up to six to go get Morris Claiborne. Let me check that if I remember that correctly. While you do that, Stephon Gilmore was in this class, 10 overall. Luke Keekley was at nine. Oh, my God, what an incredible middle linebacker. Uh, Don Terry Poe, Fletcher Cox. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Chandler Jones was in this draft. But, yeah, they traded up to six to get him. They went from – they were, had the 14th and 45th overall pick. By the way, check that who went 14th and 15th and 45th overall. Yeah, the Cowboys traded uh, – 14th four, and 15th? No, the uh, 14th and then 45th pick overall. All right, 14th was uh, Michael Brockers, defensive end out of LSU. Okay. And then you said the – which 40, one? 45th. 45th was Alshon Jeffrey. Okay. You you feel good about that trade? I guess I feel oh yeah. Alshon Jeffrey's still in the league, I think, still at this point. He ooh, that's actually a good question. Actually, both him and Brock are still in the league. Alshon Jeffrey, two picks ahead of Bobby Wagner. Wow. Yeah. Levante David was also drafted in the second round that year. Casey Hayward. Uh but yeah, the Cowboys gave up the fourteenth and forty fifth overall picks uh to go get Morris Claiborne. Russ Wilson, third round of that year. Nick Foles also, for whatever that's worth. Eugene Hilton. Oh, this is the Kirk Cousins year. That's right. RG3 and Kirk. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the 12, 2012. Because you, you, I mean, probably the best prospect there or the best quarterback there did not, like, fulfill the anticipations because of injuries, largely. 
oh, 2013 was not a good draft. Remember the Eric Fisher number one overall? Offensive oh, tackle yeah. out of Central Michigan? That's tough. Like, we, yeah. tra- you get Travis Frederick here locally, so that's fantastic. Zach Ertz, Darius Slay end up out of this draft. Le'Veon Bell, Kwan Short, Geno Smith. Um, <laughs> oh, Eddie Lacy, Travis Kelsey, Teron Armstead, Teron Matthew, Keenan Allen. See, and that's why it bothers me so much about this draft and y'all wanting to, some, some of y'all, wanting to draft a tight end in the first round because the best tight ends in the league are found deeper into the draft, period. Kittle, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, hell, Dalton Schultz. 13 is such an, it's not a fun draft, man. That's not a fun draft year. 13. Like thus far of 10, 11, and 12, 13, 13 is the worst of these. Yeah, because 11 was a banger. Who was number one in, th- in 2013? Number one in 13 was the Eric Fisher. Oh, okay, okay. And then Luke Jokel out of AM was second. Two offensive linemen went one and two. We went three offensive tackles out of the first four because Lane Johnson was drafted fourth overall. Now that worked. Yes, no, no, that, that worked very well. Now that worked. Don't get me wrong. That worked very. <laughs> that was great. Like, we didn't we didn't get out of the trenches until pick number eight, which was a young man out of West Virginia. You might know him. He played for the Cowboys. Savon Austin. That's right. Wow. He was the first non-lineman because you had tackle, tackle, defensive end, tackle, defensive end, guard. Who was the defensive ends? Uh, Deion Jordan at third. Bust out of Oregon. Barkevious Mingo, an incredible, Yo, incredible name. That went so wrong so oh, and, fast. Oh, and, and Ezekiel Ansah out of uh, Brigham Young. Yeah, I think he's still in the league, yeah. Man, that was an offensive line heavy Tavon draft, wasn't it? eight? Yes, he did. Yeesh. Good football player. Not Shouldn't have gone at eight. To though. get through the first five years of the 2010s. We can stop there. Uh, number one overall pick, pick in 2015, Davion Clowney. That man can't even find a job right now. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, oh, Sammy Watkins was taking that draft. That's fun. <laughs> uh, Khalil Mack was fifth. Jake Matthews was sixth. Mike Ev- like li- listen to this uh, this run from five to seventeen, and only one only uh, Justin Gilbert at eight is not a Pro Bowl. Oh man, Khalil Mack, Jake Matthews, Mike Evans, Jake Gilbert not a Pro Bowler, Anthony Barr. Eric Ebron. I mean, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Taylor Lewan, Odell Beckham Jr., Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller, Ryan Shazier, Zach Martin, CJ Mosley. Yeah, no, they had a run, brother. That was 15? 2015 had a yeah, run. That was a banger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you went Aaron Donald, Shazier. I was watching the 2016 Cowboys uh, Steelers game last night because oh. I was bored. Um, that's what you do for fun, huh? Yeah, it was late. Okay, fantastic. That was Zeke's incredible game that day. Yes. You know who's balling that day? Who's that? Demarcus Lawrence and Ryan Shazier. Yeah. Balling <laughs> that day in 2016. Um, yeah, Demarcus Lawrence was a house on fire in that game. But yeah, that's um Yeah, um, I think what we learned today is that the 2013 draft was not was not it, no, it at all. And the tough part about you know what's funny? It's not even like a it wasn't sexy because there was a whole bunch a whole bunch of linemen. Them linemen didn't really didn't yeah, really shake things out, up yeah. besides uh, Lane John. Eric Fisher did make a Pro Bowl, mind you, but that ain't that ain't like that's not what you wanted from a number one overall pick. Uh, that's that's not that's not the way you wanted it to go. Shout out to number four, the Eagles, uh, getting the clear 
Is that the best player? Oh, never mind. That was the best player out of the first round. Travis Frederick was drafted that one. And DeAndre Hopkins at 27. They got him at 27. <laughs> Anyways. I guess that's how you feel a segment. No, that's good. Thanks. Uh, yeah, because some of the one day we'll have to do that for the NBA draft. Oh, the NBA is so much more fun because there's less less like picks to go through. Because what was the year? Was it? I, that may be weird. I think that the 2013 draft. Is it also 13? Was 13 just a bad draft year? Because I think that was Anthony Bennett who went number one. Was that 13? He went number one. Oh, that's a good question. I look. We don't have to postpone this to any other time. 2013 was yes, Anthony Bennett. So 2013 was just we just did not do our horrendous. We, we didn't do our finest work <laughs> 2013. in the NBA and the NFL draft. Uh, but to be fair, like you can't call it a bad draft because you know who was drafted number 15, right? You had to wait to get to 15 out of the lottery, though. Yeah, but you know who it was, right? In 15. Let me give you a hint. Yeah, give me the team. Let me give you a hint. Well, it was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, Giannis. And oh. Yep, 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 yep. Don't call 2013 a bad draft. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because who did the Mavericks take in 2013? Shane Larkin, baby. Woo! It's the final call next on the kid, right? Final time here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105 Through the Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, mm-hmm. uh, Regal Mendoza holding down for you here. Actually, I don't even blame you, Reds, for not even Definitely not head- checked out at all. Your headphones on because, you know, you did the heavy lifting early on in the show. So if you want to take the That's rest not of a the- good reason. That- That's not- you- Honestly, <laughs> I just got real absent-minded. Like, again, I think one thing about our show is, I don't know if I pride myself on it, but I try and, like, bring people beyond the cur- behind the curtain. And in all honesty, about this time, I start packing some of my stuff up and keep out the, necess- the necessities to keep the uh-huh. show going. And in my head, I started packing up. I was like, we done. Headphones went away. <laughs> um, I went. I started eating. Ready to go. I'm ready to go. But, hey, we appreciate you guys rocking with us. Uh, it's been a fun show. I appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate y'all bearing with me as uh, traversing through the Metroplex. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night. Rangers have a day off tomorrow, so everyone will have their full uh, shows tomorrow as the Rangers are on the road to take on the Chicago Cubs. And even on Friday, uh, the Rangers play a day game, which will allow us to get right to be on on Friday as well from 7 to 11. So Reg got to work on a Friday. Shout out to him. I mean, I would have to work either either way. That's true. Just if they had a late game, that'd mean I have my Friday evening. But, you know, I'm not mad. Mm-hmm. 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 Not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, programming note tomorrow on the Get Right, Tim Cato of the Athletic going to be joining us at eight twenty to talk about the state of the Mavericks after they got a win tonight. A rare thing these days for that ball club, uh, but they got a one twenty three one nineteen win. Kyrie Irving was absolutely sensational in the fourth quarter. Him and Christian Wood combined for all thirty one points in the fourth quarter. Kyrie had nineteen. On 7 of 11 from the field, including four threes. Christian Wood, 4 of 7 from the field, 12 points. A lot of people pointing to Christian Wood's performance in the fourth quarter as saying, See, Jason, 
Play Christian Woodmore in the fourth quarter. You might win some games. All right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what what you're uh, right. hoping to get out of that because uh, I feel like Jay's a kid is a little bit like uh, I don't know. Is this like me necessarily? I was about to say like me, but I'm actually not sure if that's necessarily like me. But it's like, hey man, could be a little stubborn. Where it's like, if you show them like, hey, you see, this is right, they're gonna push even further away. Sometimes I feel like that's how Jay's a kid works. It's like, oh, so you think you think you gonna tell me, huh? We don't <laughs> see about that. Um, yeah. What's funny though, again, Tim Cato, the athletic enjoys tomorrow at eight twenty here on the get right. Uh, what's funny is there's a section of Mavs fans that are legitimately upset. Yeah, <laughs> that the Mavericks won tonight. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, legitimately it's, upset. Once you buy into the idea, of we should <laughs> we should get this draft pick. It's like, hey, you need to do everything to make this draft pick one convey or not convey, but two, make sure it's as good as possible. Right? The more you lose, the the better percent. Because again, this is into a lottery. This is not necessarily just a, I am going, you know. Whatever I wherever I finish is where I will draft in reverse. No, no, no. If you get, you know, the lower that you are in those standings, the higher opportunity that you have of getting uh, a different pick, right? So, like, if the Mavs had, you know, end up being a little bit worse, a little bit worse, you might get a better opportunity of lucking into top three, top four pick, maybe even number one overall with a small, very small chance. It's happened before. So, I, I get the folks that are like, yo, with how deep this draft is, if you manage to get like a top three pick, do you realize how good of a player you're getting? Just imagine if, for example, Brandon Miller fell to you. Well, this is a tough thing about that. Brandon Miller ain't kind of a guard. He's 6'9". Oh, I forget. <laughs> he is a massive human being, but his handle and his game, he plays like a... You know, small yeah. forward, if you will. But yeah, he's yeah, no, but that's exactly what you need, right? Like that's yes. what's funny about this NBA draft. And if you start looking at any mocks, one, you're a sick person. But I mean, there's a lot of us out there. Ooh, not for NBA drafts. Can't do that already. Yeah, I was gonna say NBA. Oof. I mean, anyways, um, Hell, I can barely get to the NFL draft mocks right now. Great point. Great point. Um, but if you look at mocks, any folks that are mocked from like anywhere from like four to ten, they all about six seven, six eight, six nine. And that's exactly the type of player that you need on the. You need wings. You need guys that are versatile. These guys that are long. That guys that are maybe like, um, maybe like defensive uh, players, or maybe that can knock down the three. Something like that. You need wing players that have some size because you don't have that. And it seems like there's a lot of those folks uh, around the top, around the place that you could possibly be drafting. Understanding that again, you'd be drafting probably a. Um, You'd be drafting probably a, or you'd be drafting a young player, and they wouldn't necessarily be an instant addition to like your capability of winning at a high level, but it would add a play, a good player to you. Shout out to Reggie Bullock of the Dallas Mavericks. While he uh, didn't necessarily contribute much to uh, tonight's win, having a grand total of three points. He will contribute in another way. I don't know if you saw this. Bullock Island. Shout out to, what is it, Belize? Is it Belize? Belize yes, yeah, right. Belize. Yeah. I, I, I spent a little time of a, a, very, a very nice day in Belize. It was cool. I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're uh, on the cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was dope. Yeah, Reggie Bullock bought a $2 million island in Belize with plans to build a resort for his family and friends to vacation on. 
aptly known as Bullock Island. Is it just for his family and friends? Because I know that he tried to, he said he's going to like make it kind of like a resort. So I was wondering, in my mind, of course, I did not see this explicitly, that he was going to like try and make a resort that he would then, you know, be the proprietor of and maybe have folks come through and like, I guess, sell um, opportunities to come to the island. But you kind of positioned it like this is going to be just kind of a private island for him and his people. Am I am I reading that incorrectly? No, I don't think so. Okay, cool. I'd go visit Bullock Island. Why not? I, ain't, I don't know that I got the money to go to Bullock Island. Now you don't. You don't know what it costs yet. Exactly. Am I going to be met with bricks? Why? Why? Go home. Go home. Just leave. Just leave. That's unbelievable. That was an on-time, on-cue, elite contribution to this show. Congratulations to you, sir. Very well done. That was so unnecessary. Timing that was impeccable, though. Delivered it with a nice little punch there. It was good. Good for you. You feel proud of that? Very much so, yes. You sound like you do. Yeah. The the better joke would have been, are there actually going to be reservations before January? Wow. Very good. Because, you know, you don't really open up until January. From one comedian to another, good job. Thanks. Shout out to all y'all real quick who didn't watch the national championship game because it was the lowest all-time audience for a men's title game in NCAA history between UConn and San Diego State. San Diego State didn't pack their offense, dog. What you want me to do? For Regal Mendoza, my partner, Reginald Attitude, my name is Kevin Gray. It's been the Get Right from Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Y'all be good. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Easy. Peace. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.